Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. This is Saul Weinreb, the host of the podcast, and we are going to be continuing our study of the book of Judges as we read through the story of Samson. The, um, in the last chapter, in chapter 13, we read of the circumstances of Samson's birth. We read together how his parents seemed... Uh, the, the most notable only for their non-notableness, so to speak. They were, you know, just play. There's nothing significant about them. It seems that the verses deliberately didn't even name his mother. She was just the wife of Manoach, and Manoach himself didn't have any distinguishing characteristics about him. So he was just a boy born to just a random family, um, in the tribe of Don, during a time when the people of Israel were uh, were subjugated under the oppressive hands uh, of the Philistines. Now, the um, Shimshon was born, and from birth he was he was already uh, uh, um, promised. Uh, the, his mother had to promise to the angel that she would raise him as a nazir. Uh, so that he could not cut his hair, he could not drink any uh, wine products, any intoxicating beverages, and um, and he could not eat anything unclean. And we learned that he had the spirit of God upon him. So he was. Uh, it gives us the sense of holiness. It gives us the sense of of success. Uh, it seemed like you know he must have had something special about him that people could see that God was with him. So what we're about to read in chapter 14 is the exploits of Shimshon's life. A lot has been written about Sam, Shimshon, about Samson, because he um, his story is is interesting. It has it, it, a lot of uh, intrigue. It has a lot of um, uh, 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 sexual exploits, and it's just not a very um, and it's and it's very difficult to understand. But I want to try to do the best I can to paint a picture of Shimshon. I'm going to try to remain as faithful to the text as I possibly can. But here, I, you know, some of this is going to be just my own feelings and observations, uh, and based on my reading of the text and based on what the the, the uh, impressions that you get from some of the commentaries. So Vayered Shimshon Timnasa. Shimshon went visiting a place called Timna. Timna is. Uh, was a place that was uh, a Philistine town. So here you have this young boy. Uh, you get the impression that he must have been in his teens at this time. He obviously is noticeable for his long, uncut hair and um, and uh, living this holy, uh, almost monastic style life. But here he goes to visit the people of Timnath who are, remind, remember, these are the people who are not Israelites, not believers in God and we already learned that Shimshon had the spirit of God with him and whatever that exactly means but he was holy and and presumably faithful to God Uh, and also they are the strong ones they are the powerful ones they are the ones that have it all going for them they are ruling over the Israelites and he is a lowly Israelite from a lowly family so here he goes to the place of the um, Philistines Vayar Isha Timnasa, and he saw a woman there in the town of Timnam Ibnos Pelishtim who was a Philistine woman 
and he found her to be attractive. So Vayal, after he saw her there, he told his father and his mother about the, uh, as follows. And he said as follows, I have saw a woman in Timna, she is one of the uh, Philistine uh, girls. And now I want you to arrange to take her for me as a wife. So, one immediately wonders, I mean, clearly he found her to be very attractive, and he, that which is understandable. He was a young man, he saw an attractive woman. But, and in those days, this is a normal way to go about uh, uh, bringing this relationship about, is to have the parents go and negotiate with the girl's parents and arrange the marriage. Now, that, that part is easily understandable, but the issue that he went to Timna and he specifically wants to marry a woman who is obviously an idolater, a person who was just described as having the spirit of God upon him to go, it, it, it begs the question of, you know, why, and obviously his, we're going to read it in the next verse, in verse 3, how his parents posed this very same question, and of course they're not happy with his decision to marry a Philistine girl. However, we need to wonder ourselves why it is that Shimshon immediately turns to Timnah, turns there. And one of the things that, um, that uh, the observation that I felt is, is a potential explanation and helps us start to develop Shimshon's personality is I, I think of Shimshon thinking of himself as weak. He thinks of, he, remember, we, uh, he thinks of himself as being from... First of all, a dysfunctional family, as we described before. The, clearly, his father and his mother didn't have the best or most trusting relationship. They're an inconspicuous, uh, unimportant family and in Don, and they are subjugated under the powerful Philistines. And on top of that, he had to live this uh, holy monastic life from childhood. He wanted strength. He wanted to be something better. He wanted something more powerful. And when he sees this beautiful Philistine girl, he thinks to himself, well, if my parents can arrange for me to marry into a Philistine family, I'll join them. I'll be strong and powerful like the Philistines. And, um, and, uh, and that's fine. And I can leave this, this life that I have. This is the impression that I get. Uh, obviously, I know others could read it in a different way. But I'm going to continue with this as we develop Shimshon's personality and his life choices and what he does. So Vayomer lo aviv imo, so his father and his mother responded to him and said as follows, Ha'ein bivnos achecha uvechol ami isha, is there no one among the daughters of your family, of, in other words, of your kin, right? Uvechol ami and all of my nation. Ami is said in um, singular uh, possessive uh, language, which seems to say that the father and the mother spoke together at first, and then one of them jumped in, presumably the father, because as we saw before, the father doesn't trust the mother, saying, ami, my nation, it, uh, a, a woman. You can't find a woman in my nation? That now you go to take a wife from those uncircumcised plishtim. So clearly, in other words, they're, they're, they're criticizing him for looking to a Gentile and a non-Jew to marry. Why are you going there? Vayomer Shimshon el Aviv. And Shimshon said to his father, and this is further evidence of what I said, that the two, father and mother, started together to speaking, and then the father jumped in in the middle. 
So uh, and speaking, and now Shimshon directly addresses his father. Osokachli, take her for me. Kihi because she is the one that looks that it looks nice to me. She's the one I want. Now, Yashra doesn't only mean attractive, which it clearly means, but it also means Yashra. She is the proper one for me. I think she's the right one. Now, um, <clears throat> this sense of this disunity between the father and mother is also part of understanding, I believe, Shimshon's personality. Shimshon feeling like he doesn't have the kind of, of, of love that he should get from his family. And he feels, you know, and he was raised in this strange and unusual way. And, and he, he doesn't want this. And he wants, he wants out. He wants to join the strong Philistines. Of the Avivi Imo, however... His father and mother, this is verse 4, lo they did not know, ki that this was from God. That Shimshon's desire to marry this Philistine woman was actually God's plan. Now, there's several ways this can be understood. On the simple level, this means that God is planning this kind of, of, uh, of unusual interaction and story that we're about to read. God wanted Shimshon to fall in love with the uh, a Philistine girl in order to bring about what's going to happen as we read through the story. That's the simple level, and that's how the verses are written. However, I want to go a little bit deeper than that. And that is is that Shimshon's choice to do this is Shimshon's choice to do this. However, God has a mission for Shimshon, which Shimshon is going to try to avoid as hard as he can, but he will not be able to get away from it. In other words, everything we go through in our lives is from God. Every decision we make, even though um, we make those choices, the mission that God has for us will always be there for us to do. And this is true, and, 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 and we might fail in accomplishing it, but, but the, the, the tools with which to accomplish what we are meant to accomplish will always be there. And as we see through the story of Shimshon, at least this is a lesson of this story, as Shimshon goes about his life choices, which seem to get worse and worse, his, his ultimate mission, which is to conquer the Philistines and to save the people from the Philistines, which was the mission that was given to him originally when, the, when, when he was promised to his barren mother before he was even... Uh, conceived that mission he will achieve it despite his best efforts to avoid it and that is uh, so so the, his father and mother did not understand that this is from god god was looking for some sort of uh, of a toana some sort of an excuse or some sort of a pretext from the philistines God, God needed some sort of a way to start this war. Now, this could have started in many ways, but, but um, God will always search out a way to make sure what he wants happen to happen, regardless of the choices that we make. And at that time, remember, the Philistines were ruling over the people of Israel. So God needed to start this war, and this war was going to start regardless of what uh, of, of the choices that we made and and therefore through this story that's happening with Shimshon um, the parents didn't understand the depth of this story all they knew was that their son was marrying marrying out of the tribe and um, and making what appeared to them to be a very bad choice
So Shimshon went with his mother and father to the place uh, to Timna. And they reached the vineyards that presumably uh, surrounded the town of Timna. And behold, Kefir Arayos, there was a a a lion, a um, a um, a young uh, Kefir, a young male lion, Shoeglikraso, that was roaring, and it came out at him, at Shimshon. Apparently his mother and his father were not with him at the time, so his mother and father possibly had walked, went into the town of Timna and were now talking to this young woman's parents to arrange the marriage. And while Shimshon was outside, he was attacked by a roaring lion. And the Spirit of God was, was, uh, uh, got a hold of him and he tore the lion apart as easy as one would tear apart a um, a, a goat a baby goat and there wasn't a single weapon in his hand so he didn't have a knife or an arrow or a sword or anything with his bare hands he killed and tore apart the lion and he did not tell his father and his mother that which he had done so this ruach of God, the Spirit of God that was upon him, simply interpreted means that he he had superhuman strength, superhuman skills beyond what a normal person would have. A normal person being attacked by a lion obviously um, would not have the kind of strength to to not just save himself but to kill the lion in the way that he did. Um, but it takes more than just superhuman physical strength, which obviously it does, but it also takes a tremendous amount of skill and a tremendous amount of, 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 of plain old guts and, 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 and courage to fight a lion like that. Most people would, would run and probably end up getting killed or, or, or certainly not have the presence of mind to, to defend themselves from such an attack. So it was, it's clear that Shimshon realized at the time that he was capable of doing great things, that he had the, the presence of mind and the courage and the strength and the physical strength to accomplish very powerful, strong things. And remember, this is in the context where Shimshon is going, wants to marry into the Philistines. And the way I was describing it, he wants to go there because he felt weak. He felt like a nobody. He feels like uh, 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 tra- trampled upon by the Philistines and even a nobody in his own tribe and even in his own family um, where, where he's lacking the kind of stability and, and love that one would get in a, in a family where, where, where there's mutual love and respect between um, the, uh, the members of the family. So, so in that context, Shimshon all of a sudden realized how much strength he has and how strong he is and how courageous he is and how much he could accomplish. And then he went down from wherever it was that he was, presumably, and, and joined his parents where Tim uh, in the town. And he spoke to the girl that he wanted to marry, and she was good in the eyes of Shimshon. So he spoke to her directly. They met each other. Um, and and uh, it sounds like they hadn't spoken before he just saw her and Shimshon desired her he wanted to marry her and again this word vatishar gives the impression that it wasn't just a physical attraction which of course it was but it was also she seemed to him to be the right one for him 
So, and as it was common practice in those days, the deal was made, and then the marriage is going to take place uh, later after all the arrangements are done and whatever the wedding is going to be and so on. So, Vayashov miyamim lekachta. He came back uh, the next year to take her as the wife and, you know, and do, go through the wedding ceremony and make her his wife. Vayasar lirot et mapela to And he turned... While he was traveling there, he turned. He stopped at the place where he had killed that lion to see what was there. And in the skeleton of the lion, there was a um, a beehive and 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 honey. So vayirdeu el kapov, and he uh, he took the honey in his hands. and he walked on the path eating the honey. And he went to his father and his mother, and he gave them the honey, and they ate from it. He did not tell them <coughs> that it was from the lion that he had scooped up this, um, this honey. Now, the point here is that no one knows except for Shimshon about this episode with the lion. One would think that one would brag about it or say this is a pretty dramatic story but he didn't tell his parents he didn't tell anyone which is important for what's about to happen that we understand that there is no one other than Shimshon that knows what happened uh, with the lion and where the honey came from <laughs> um, now why is it important what's the symbolism or the significance of getting something sweet this w- one would Imagine that Shimshon might have, might have taken from this some sort of a sign that, that not only did I save myself from a lion and not only was I successful in killing the lion, but, but something nice and beautiful and, and delicious came from my act. So I was able to, to protect myself. I was able to destroy my enemy. And out of that, something good came. So there's a, there's a strong symbolism here. And this lesson was certainly um, not uh, missed by Shimshon. Shimshon understood that he can be strong. At this point, one thinks that Shimshon is going into this marriage thinking, I can be strong because I'm going to become married into a Philistine family and I'm going to be like one of them, one of the strong guys. And out of that, something good will happen. My marriage will be nice and wonderful and happy and everything will be great. That. That's one possibility. Another possibility could be, but Shimshon isn't. Uh, it might have this in the back of his mind that um, that well, um, I'm strong and powerful, so I can protect my uh, the, my people from the Philistines, and something great will come out because there will be peace, and my people, uh, the people of Israel, will be saved from their oppressors. But apparently, <laughs> he didn't. That was not at the top of his mind. The first plan. The, the first possibility was much more in the top of his mind. He still didn't think of himself as a savior of his people, even though that was the mission given to him from even before his birth. So his father went down to um, the, the woman, uh, you know, to, to uh, retrieve her, so to speak, uh, from the father's, from the, the girl's father's house. So Vayas Shom Shimshon Mishta and Shimshon then made there in Timna a party. He didn't take her back home to his house, which would have been more appropriate in those days. Um, 
and make a party in his own hometown, but Shimshon made a party there for the Philistines. And again, this seems to lay the picture of Shimshon wants to be one of them. Because that's what men used to do. They would make a party when they uh, uh, marry their wife. And when they saw him, right? When they, meaning the people, the Philistines saw him. And they took Shloshim Meireim. They took 30 um, uh, uh, young uh, friends. And they were with him. And these were Philistine friends. Not um, uh, so to make the party to make it uh, to make it lively. So they brought thirty friends along and they make a party for to celebrate this marriage. Now here Shimshon, and again this is me. I, I know I, this is I might be um, <laughs> painting a, a picture. Um, I'm, I'm using a little bit of my own imagination here, but I'm trying to imagine. Suddenly Shimshon is surrounded by thirty. It says thirty friends, but these were Philistines. So I'm not, he, it seems like he wouldn't even have known them until this point. So his wedding party is with 30 young men that are Philistine men. Maybe he was familiar with them because we know that he went to the, there. But these were not his friends from back, the, uh, from his home tribe of Don. These were friends of the Philistines. And one could get the sense that suddenly Shimshon starts to think to himself, maybe, maybe this is not the place for me. Maybe I don't belong here. Um, that kind of a thought would be a natural consequence. I'm here with 30 Philistine friends, marrying a Philistine woman. I'm not even in my hometown for my own wedding. And, you know, and, uh, but but he, at this point, he still doesn't know whether, his, whether he's going to be successful. Can I just become one of them and not have to be one of the lowly Israelites and, and I could just be one of the Philistines and join them and I'll marry this beautiful Philistine girl. So... In verse 12, Vayomer Lem Shimshon. Shimshon then says to the, to the friends that are standing, that are at his party. Now, one, the first question is, Shimshon is about to ask them a riddle. And one wonders, why is he asking them this riddle? And what's the purpose? Why did he think of this? And I would put forth that he's asking them this because of those emotions that he's feeling right now. Am I one of you or not? Let's see. Is this Philistine woman going to be loyal to me? And will I be able to uh, actually join this family in this town and become one of them? Or will she always be more loyal to the Philistines than she will be to me? In which Meaning that she's always going to treat me like I'm an outsider. Even though I'm marrying her, uh, she's always going to treat me like I'm an outsider. So, Vayomer lahem Shimshon. Shimshon said to them as follows, Achuda nolachem chida. I please. I want to tell you guys uh, a a riddle. If you tell me the answer to this riddle, shivat during the the and you find the correct answer during the seven days of partying, which was the custom of for, of the wedding. Then I will give you thirty um uh uh. uh Sidinim are like a, 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 a cloth that was worn, a, 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 like a sheet or a tunic or a scarf. Ushloshim Khalifos Begadim and 30 sets of clothing. In those days, this is a very valuable gift. I'll give each one of you a, 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 a cloak and, and, and clothing. 
a set of clothing. But if you can't answer me this question during those days, and then you will give to me, each one of you will have to give us, give me that. And they said to him, Go ahead, tell us your riddle, and we will listen to it. So in other words, they agreed to his deal. Right? So, here he is, as we'll see in a moment, he is testing his wife's loyalty, his new wife's loyalty. And what does he say? And remember, uh, no one knows except for him what happened with the lion. <laughs> so he says, Meha Ochel, from the predator, the, the eater, the predator, Yatsom Ma'achal, food came out. Ume'az, and from something. Uh, Az is, it means strong, but more than just strong, strong and powerful. Yatsomatok, something sweet came out. And for three days, no one was able to answer this riddle. Now, this is a pretty, pretty tough riddle. If you don't, um, I mean, I, I don't, there aren't enough hints in there for most people to understand that he's talking about um, a lion or. Uh, or Tani, uh, I mean, it, it just doesn't, it's almost, an, I, I don't know, to me, it sounds like an impossible riddle. So why is he giving them an impossible riddle? Clearly, um, he realizes that, that, um, that he's not going to be one of the Philistines, and they're never going to treat him like one of him, and his wife will not be loyal to him. He sensed that, he got that. When he went there, he went thinking that he'll be one of them and he'll join in with them and that his wife will be loyal to him and that everything will be hunky-dory. But he started to sense that right away. He knew that this riddle was going to create some sort of enmity. And he knew that when they don't, that they're not going to be able to answer it and that because it's an impossible riddle and that they're going to owe him this money and it's going to cause a fight. So it didn't take long at all for him to catch on to the fact that he's never going to be able to join them in this way. So Vayi Bayom Hashvi, it came the seventh day, Vayomer Leishet Shimshon, the people went to Shimshon's wife, and they said, Pati et Isheikh, you need to seduce your husband. Pati is, is, is seduce, so they, they're telling her to, um, you know, to um, come on to him seductively. Viyaged lanu et achida, and then you'll tell us what the answer to the riddle is. So when, during your seduction, you'll find out the answer, because if you don't, we will burn you and your father's house um, in fire. Did you call us here to the party because you wanted to make us impoverished, to make us, to make us poor? Is this, this is the point? So they, they threatened her and they basically said, you need to demonstrate your loyalty. Is your loyalty to us or is your loyalty to him? And... Let's see in a moment who she chooses. So Shimshon's wife comes and cries to him. You hate me. You don't love me. You're telling a riddle to the people of my nation. But you didn't tell me the answer to the riddle. Now, she didn't say to him that she wants to know because she wants to tell them. But obviously Shimshon wasn't stupid. And Shimshon realized that that was the point here. So Vayomerla, he says to her, I didn't even tell it to my own parents. And I should tell you? So Shimshon already now knows where her loyalties truly lie. She's not loyal to him. She's loyal to them, to the Bnei Ami, like she says, the people of my nation. 
Vatevk alav shivat hayamim, and she um, she cried to him for the, the rest of the seven days. Asher hayolahem amishda that they had this party. When the seventh day came about, right? She she uh, um, he finally did tell her because she kept on pestering him. So finally he said, "Okay." She of course went right away and told them what the answer to the riddle was. So immediately, the people of the town said on the seventh day, before the um, the uh, time of the of the sunset, Mama Tok Midvash. What could possibly be more sweet than honey? So if you're talking about sweetness, it must be honey. Uma Azam. When you talked about something strong and powerful in such a powerful way, what must that be? Me'ari. What's stronger than a lion? So they answered his riddle by and he said to them, Lulei Had you not plowed with my calf, in other words, had you not uh, pest, you know, uh, squeezed it out of my wife. There's no way you could have figured out the answer. Clearly, I now see where her loyalties lie. Her loyalties lie with you, not with me. <laughs> and there's no way I'll ever become one of you. If I can't marry a girl and have her be loyal, uh, a good, loyal wife to me, and and uh, in, in Timna, then I see that I'll never be one of you. And again. The spirit of God was upon him, and again, it doesn't clarify. What does this mean when it says the spirit of God is upon him? It, it, you always, it usually means this kind of language much more than just physical strength, which, as you will see in the story and as we saw before, it also does mean. But it, it means a sort of of strength of character, a, a, a courage. He had courage, and he realized Vayered Ashkelon, and he was, and he went. To Ashkelon, and he killed thirty of the people of Ashkelon. Ashkelon, as we know, was one of the four main Philistine cities, and he struck down thirty people. et and he stole their their cloak. And then he gave those garments to those that answered the the riddle. And he was angry, and he went back to his father's house. So here he went single handedly killed 30 Philistines, took their garments, and gave it to them. So clearly, he's not going to be uh, beloved by the Philistines anymore. And he's also now proven himself to be single-handedly a pretty powerful warrior. That A, <laughs> they now he single-handedly killed the lion, and B, he single-handedly killed 30 people. And then the wife of Shimshon ended up marrying one of the friends, Asherei Alo, that had been a friend of his at this wedding. So what friends they are. So here we have the first of Shimshon's exploits. He's now established himself as a powerful warrior, as someone who's extremely brave, extremely strong. And, and his first attempt at leaving his own people and going to the... Um, and, and trying to become one of the enemy and joining up with them uh, ended in failure in the sense that he failed to achieve that objective. And it ended in, 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 it ended in success in the sense that Shimshon realized who, that, you know, who his enemies truly were. 
Uh, so um, I know this is, uh, as we read through the story of Shimshon, I'll continue to make these observations. Obviously, uh, you, people have read this story many, many times, and there's many different understandings, understandings and approaches to this story. Um, doing what I believe to be what uh, the 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 best understanding of this, but obviously feel free to use your own imagination, read through it yourselves, and decide on your own what's going through Shimshon's mind. Thank you so much for studying uh, Judges chapter 14 together. Looking forward to studying 15 and the rest of this, this book of Judges together.